Welcome to The Work of Warriors, a podcast dedicated to bringing mental wellness to the entertainment industry. I'm your host, Kim Ravage. This podcast is dedicated to the artists we've lost to mental health, addiction, and suicide, and to those who are still suffering in silence. Hello, this is Kim Rapid, your host. Today's episode is with the incredible John Bragel. He is a cinematographer and the founder of We Are Variable, a community of filmmakers dedicated to bringing wellness and growth into the industry. I could not have been more excited to meet with John. He has an amazing story. And he's so fun to talk to, and he's just a really cool guy, and I think you're really going to enjoy this episode. So enjoy. John Bragel, I'm so excited to have you here. I feel like you're my new friend. Um, I, you know, I just want to say, like, with the work of Warriors being about bringing mental wellness to the entertainment industry, I've learned over the years to really trust myself, trust my body, trust how things make me feel. Mm. And so as I stumbled upon you and your work with We Are Variable, and when I read a community of filmmakers dedicated to wellness and growth, I just felt hope. Mm. Like I just had this like wave of hope because as surely you can relate as an entrepreneur, as somebody who is an advocate for wellness, it can feel lonely you know, um, offline, you and I were just talking about the the company of one, right? And I think that is just something that we don't often talk enough about. And I love the fact that you have a community that's mm. dedicated to that. So I would just love to hear more about what you do. You know, how did you get to the point where you wanted to create this community that's dedicated to wellness with filmmakers? How did you get there? Why is it important? And I would just love for our listeners to hear more. Yeah, sure. Well, thanks for having me again, Kim. Um, uh, it's always good to have these types of conversations and just kind of get to the get to the roots of all this stuff because I find uh, so much for me. It does. It all starts a, for a personal uh, reason, for personal reasons, and then um, it just expands from there, I suppose. But uh, I mean, that's at least my story for sure. I was I had a production company. Uh, in New York City, and uh, it got pretty big pretty fast and never really was educated on how to build a production company. Neither were my partners, and we hired on staff early on, and the overhead just got really high, and we were just kind of treading water for a long time. Every project that came across was uh just a new lesson, like a big lesson in every project. And it was just all consuming. I'd invested my life savings in it. And um, it just went on and on and on. And I probably should have, well, I say should have, I wanted to leave like probably three to four years before I actually left. But the challenge was at the time, you know, I ha I was so loyal to my friends as well that I worked with. And I think that's what really kept me there was like our staff. And um, so I, I really learned through that experience how important it is for me to uh, take care of myself. And uh, I definitely was not doing that for that whole span of my life, the better part of my 20s. And uh, it was actually when I'd taken a sabbatical uh, I bought a van and lived out of this van and took a sabbatical around the United States. And um, it occurred to me on that drive, just this idea of almost like a, 
like an AA for filmmakers. I was like, I wish there was kind of a support group for filmmakers that could come together. We could talk about the struggles, the joys, help each other get through it uh, and all that kind of stuff. And that was the initial kind of idea, which was, I want to say that was, it was like eight years ago or something. And that idea just kept popping up, you know, once every few months, every six months, once a year, and just continually kept coming up. And then uh, when I'd actually left my production company in New York City, I all of a sudden had all this free time for the first time ever. And uh, I had been mentoring and helping out filmmakers over the years, just not very as consistently as I could now that I had free time. So when the free time opened up, I um, I had been doing some coaching work myself with a coach and learned a lot about coaching. And I was like, it's kind of like, oh, I wonder, I wonder if I could apply this formula to filmmakers. And so that's what I did. I, I kind of developed it from just doing it to helping a few people out. And then I realized like, oh, there's actually a big need for this. And then it turned into a business. And then the community ultimately, or initially, I should say, was a way to bring together all the filmmakers that I had coached because I always was introducing them to one another. And because there was, it's all the work I do is it's values based. So I get to really know people um, on that type of level. So th there was really great connections that I was making. And I was like, okay, well, if I start a community through these like shared values, but it wasn't specific to wellness, like at that time when I was thinking about it initially, it was more just like connecting people that I felt had like kindred spirits. And then um, the wellness portion of it was kind of uh, that developed from a series of conversations with my uh, older business partner, we had reconnected and we had both gone through so much just depression and anxiety as a result of our 20s and decided, okay, this is the angle, this is the direction to take. And, and my old business partner was really helpful in helping me get the wheels turning on the community element of it. And um, so that's kind of what it is. It's uh, we just put it out there, wanted to see if, if anyone really resonated with it. We relaunched the production company as, as a wellness community. So I think because of the following that we had from the production company, there were some people that were interested initially and then slowly uh more folks have been joining and it's just been uh it's been a good a good little ride so far it's been a good time yeah it sounds amazing and i mean i i feel like my brain is going off in all different directions but i think the one biggest thing that you said was you know i worked with people it's a value based coaching, the community is values-based, you're introducing people who share similar values. And I think that's really, I mean, I think it's important and I think it's powerful because so many people don't even know what that means. They don't even know what that is. They have this amazing talent. They're, you know, creative, they have a gift and somebody notices it and they, they bring it into the world, but they don't even know what their values are. They mm -hmm. don't know what their boundaries are. Mm -hmm. And as most of us, who you know, I think we we share a very similar experience in different parts of the world. But you know, this like, okay, my career is taking off, and then all of a sudden, like, why am I not happy? 
Yeah. You know, and if you're not careful and you don't know your values and you don't know your boundaries, you will overextend yourself. You will cross boundaries. You will abandon yourself. You will do things you swore you never would do, mm. you know? And so I guess a question I have for you is how did this idea of values, like, did you learn that through coaching? Was that something you learned, you know, in the industry from a friend? How did that come about for you? I think values coaching had a lot to do with that. There was a few different coaches that I had worked with. It was career coach, a life coach. Then there was an ADHD. I wouldn't say a coach, but that was the role that he kind of played for me. But uh, values was always a part of that. But before values, before getting to values, it was boundaries and allowing myself to put things down and say, you know, this is the time that I need for myself, or I can't make this call, or I can't do that. That's where I started to uh, come in touch with myself again and my feelings. And ultimately, the values were, it was much more able or much more possible for me to kind of like understand this idea of values and the importance of values when I had some initial boundaries in place if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think they go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. And I think one thing to note is the complexity of having values and boundaries in an industry that will likely not value them if you don't value for yourself, right? And I Definitely. think that needs to be talked about is nobody's going to fight harder for you than you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And when you have people promising you things and promising you money and, you know, luxury, if you will, mm -hmm. it's really easy to lose yourself. And so, you know, that's one of my biggest passions is helping people establish their own personal values according to what matters to them mm -hmm. and not anybody else. And certainly not, you know, people on the internet, um, right. but <laughs> which is tricky. Um, but understanding what those boundaries are, who am I, who do I want to be, you know, what boundaries Will I refuse to cross what, yeah. you know, and knowing that ahead of time, like you said, I didn't know how to build this production company and it took off. Mm -hmm. And I think that happens to a lot of creatives, a lot of brilliant people. Like I said, they have this gift and whoosh, it just takes off. That's why I think coaching is so important. Um, yeah. You know, we're all inundated with lots of like self-care stuff and, and tips and tools, which are great. But what I find is, those will only take you so far if you don't internally have that self acceptance, self respect, self love. And so when I hear somebody like you say, you know, I had a, a career coach and a life coach and another coach, what happened? Like, where did you decide I'm worth this type of care? I'm worth this type of investment in myself. Yeah, well, I my old business partner had a lot to do with that. He was and he is one of the most kind people, supportive people I've ever met in my life. And he's got an amazing heart and he knew that I was struggling for a long time in the business, but we were both we were both struggling. But it got to a point in the business for me where I had sent him an email at like midnight when I was in China on a shoot. And I told him, I was like, dude, I can't be in this company anymore. Like, this is just too much. It's just exhausting. I'm over it, whatever. It was just kind of like an in the moment reactive thing. And I was desperate. And he 
emailed me back and he was like, he was like, look, dude, you either need to get a therapist or a coach or I can't be your business partner anymore. And I was like, okay, uh, I've never done either of those things before. These, this is new. And I was just in a state of desperation. I knew that I needed help. And so I didn't even have the energy to look for a coach myself or for a therapist or anything. So I was just like, do you know any coaches or therapists or whatever? And he just sent me a link to a life coach. And I was like, all right, well, then I'm just going to go to that one. <laughs> and that's what I did. And uh, in many ways, that uh, that gift that he gave me by by uh, suggesting that uh, saved my life and, and opened me up to uh, what I believe my heart was desiring for a long time, which was actually just love. Like it was, it was love. It was a relationship. Uh, like I, was, like I really was desiring love for myself, but also with another person, like an intimate uh, relationship. And uh, that first life coach helped me really identify what I understood at the time as my inner voice. What I understand now is God, but my inner voice and, you know, really understanding its needs. And, uh, and at that time it was time for space to go on a sabbatical, uh, to just have some time to myself and through working more with that life coach again, recognizing like, Oh, like this is what I really want is like, I want to, I want to get married one day. Like I want to, I want to do that. And, and, uh, so, I, I'm completely forget what your initial question was, but that's that no, was I, my. But I don't care because I love your answer. <laughs> yeah, but no, coaching is amazing. Like I, so I did that, and then I ultimately ended up leaving uh, the production company a couple of years later because I was tuning so much into what I wanted that I ultimately realized like this company's too much. But but also. The other side of that story is that coincided with meeting my wife in China on a job. And when I met her, I was just like, I was already burned out from the company. And so when I met her immediately, I was like, okay, this is really special. I don't want to screw this up. That was my first instinct. And then when I came back to New York City two days later after meeting her, I walked into our new office, which was this huge space in Dumbo, like right on the water. And all this new furniture and artwork and stuff was being brought into the office. And I had this out of body experience where I was just in the doorway to the office. And I was like, I got to get the heck out of here. And this was this was literally like weeks, we'd been renovating the office with contractors for like, maybe a year or something. And I walk in, and we made all these commitments to our directors and staff. And and I walk in and I'm like, I can't be here anymore. And that next two weeks was like the hardest two weeks of my life. But I just took action on my feelings, even though there was no rationality to anything uh, in the moment. But I was just like, you know what? Like, I want this is what I want. Like, I know that I want this thing. And I'm going to figure out how to make it right with my employees and with the staff. And fortunately I did. Uh, and I'm on good terms with everybody and that ended as well as it could have. And, but it was, it was brutal. Those two weeks were absolutely brutal. And I was living in my van at the time in New York city. So it was like, 
I just remember being in that van, just like laying there for hours, just staring at the ceiling, like not taking any of the advice that the lawyer was giving me because they were like, just telling me all these things about the deal that I should be getting from the company and all this and that and getting feedback from my dad and my mom and friends and just ultimately knowing like, I got to do what's best for me right now. It's time. And so I left and then I spent some time in China. And then uh, my wife ultimately ended up moving here a couple of years later and uh, to Baltimore. So, and uh, we're happily married. So I'm, <laughs> it's a, it's a happy, it's a happy story for sure. My gosh, I love that so much. And <laughs> I probably have like a million questions for you, but you know, I want to touch on the fact that you said what you've, what you've learned now is that inner voice, you know, you, you attached it to desire, right. Mm -hmm. And it's what you desired, but it's that internal voice of God. Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, people can call that and name it whatever they want, but I too, I think that's so significant because when I imagine you, you know, emailing your business partner at midnight in China, like, I think we've been taught and conditioned to believe that when those emotional disruptions happen, that there's something wrong with us, that, mm. you know, we're, we're whatever. I didn't want to say the words, but there's, it's bad. Right. Mm -hmm. And I see it as an invitation because mm. had that never happened, you wouldn't have then been forced essentially to take those steps. And fortunately you had a business partner who loved you enough to have his own boundary and yep. say, look, do something or I'm out. And that's a beautiful yeah. gift, right? Yeah. That feels so shocking to our system in the moment. But yeah. he had a boundary, so he modeled that. And then you ended up with, you know, with coaching and learning that that disruption, that emotional dysregulation that you had at midnight that many of us experience. It's very human, but it caused you to take action and it caused you yeah. to say, what do I really want? And yeah. can we just talk for a second about how ironic it is that that is such a unique concept to actually pay attention to what you want. I think, <laughs> yeah. you know, humanity in general, I think we all struggle with that, but then you're in an industry where there are so many outside voices yeah. who are telling you what they want, mm -hmm. who are making money off your gifts, off your product, off your, you know, your creativity. And it's so confusing because I'm sure you've experienced that fear of like, if I walk away, I'm going to be, you know, canceled. I'm going to be done. I'll never work again. But then it's that. And do I abandon myself or yeah. do I trust myself? Yeah. And what a beautiful story. I was like, are you going to write a book? You know, <laughs> in the van, looking at the ceiling, like, like just a year's project. I, I kind of, now I need to walk away, but that's how it happens. It's so, yeah. it, I, I I, I think I'm stumbling over my words. I think it's more common than what we talk about. Yeah. It's these, yeah. you know, tea in the road, the fork in the road kind of experiences where you have to make a choice. And yeah. I would say like the world needs your gifts, but not at the cost of your soul. Absolutely. And I'm just so grateful that I met my wife when I did in China at the time that I did. I mean, that to me is like, God's work. I mean, that's how I understand it. I mean, that single-handedly to me saved my life and just opened up my entire world and in ways that I could have never planned, you know? And uh, so 
forever grateful for the powers that be in that in that scenario for sure. Yeah, it certainly feels divine. And you know, as an yeah. outsider to the story, it's like, oh, that was absolutely orchestrated. It was all <laughs> happening in perfect timing, right? That we all hear about, but it's hard to trust. But I do think it takes that intentional step of fighting for yourself and loving yourself and trusting yourself to be able to even notice. Yeah. Right. And to realize like that's not a coincidence. This all happened for me, not yeah. to me. I'd also just seen and experienced single-handedly how hard it is to establish an intimate romantic relationship in this industry because of the reason you just mentioned being like an artist and a creative and people are always vying for your attention and pulling you in this way and that way and how damaging and difficult that can be on a relationship and on the partner. And so when I met her and I left the company, I was like, well, now it's my time. Nobody's going to tell me what to do right now. And I need this time to learn about myself, learn about her and establish a foundation for the relationship. So like all of this stuff was, I wasn't like aware of it in that moment that I stepped back into the office and had that like out of body experience. But I think it was just everything hitting me at one moment that was, if I stay in this company, there's no way that this relationship can work. And it was incredible how I can kind of unpack that out of body experience that I had now. But in the moment, it was so foreign and just, I couldn't even begin to describe what was happening in that moment. So it's pretty cool stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. And so yeah. how do you pour that into your community? What's, what are the values for your community where you bring wellness and growth? for a community of filmmakers. Can you talk a little bit about what those values are? Yeah, I mean, well, the number one value I would say is just wellness, I think is uh, the thing that we all have in common. There, there are like sub values in the community as well, but honestly, it feels really, I feel really bad saying this as someone that's such an advocate for values, but I haven't even looked at them in, uh, in like a year uh, because the wellness value in and of itself it brings together such a group of kindred spirits. And I think I will probably redefine what the values are of the company other than wellness. But um, I know joy was one of the values as well. But um, again, I feel I probably should have had a better answer to this. But uh, I just think everything's been feeling right and kind of growing organically through that value of wellness. And um, there's a lot to unpack within that one value. I mean, that could be spiritual, mental, physical, emotional, um, environmental. Uh, there's a lot of other aspects to that, but we mainly focus on the uh, emotional, physical, spiritual, and um, emotional, physical, spiritual, and what's the other one? I'm dropping. Having a brain fart, Kim. Um, you said spiritual, emotional, physical. I don't know. I could go on. Relational, mental. Mental, mental health. I always get, I always get mental health and emotional health kind of twisted together and i'm also not like this is the other thing about me is i'm not like a mental health expert like i didn't go to school for this stuff and uh i've learned a bit through 
working with coaches and stuff and my own studies and everything. But I think my approach to wellness is, is very much more like intuitive. And um, I kind of ask people a lot of questions in the community about what they want to see, their thoughts and feelings and kind of guide it that way. So um, at times it, it can feel like I can feel like, oh, how am I qualified to be leading a community in wellness when like, I don't even know exactly how to define wellness, depending on the day that you ask me, you know, but um, I don't know. I don't know uh, how much that matters. I think I just care so much about feeling the joy of filmmaking and and loving it and loving yourself and um i don't know what does that look like i don't know but uh yeah well i'm gonna <laughs> let you off the hook for not having the clear answer because i think in that you actually gave a brilliant answer which is when wellness is the main value mm -hmm. everything else has a much greater chance of working itself out Mm -hmm. over and over and over again. I think sometimes people think if I stop and I take care of myself, I'm going to lose time, I'm going to lose productivity. If we give our employees time off or, you know, let them go, you know, do something toward that, they're, you know, we're going to lose them. Like actually no, things get better. Mm -hmm. You are more creative, you're more of a team player, you're more productive, you, you know, deliver better product, you make more money. And mm -hmm. it's because I do think there is this universal value that we matter mm -hmm. in that we matter before what we can make. Yeah. Right. And when we are loving ourselves well and taking care of ourselves and honoring our wellness, we make, you know, you and I both know Blaine Hogan, who's yeah. another, you know, filmmaker, you know, he used to have a class called make better, you know, and it's like, when you are better, not a better yeah better person or a better filmmaker but when you are well you make better things and you yeah. make the world better because when you're well guess what your wife benefits from that your family benefits from that your you know your colleagues and your employees and even strangers at the grocery store everybody wins yeah. when we're taking care of ourselves and so if if wellness is the one value and that's really what you're focused on i really do think it tends to make everything else work out better um, and so I think that was actually a good answer. Well, it's, it's cool to hear you say that too. Cause now I'm thinking like, okay, maybe one value is the approach. Cause with my coaching clients, initially I was helping them define five values. And then I heard this podcast with Brene Brown, who we've talked about where, uh, she talks about the power of having two core values as your like primary drivers. So the practice I've been doing with coaching clients recently is I have them, define their five values. And then I ask them if they think it's possible to condense them down into two. And so maybe there is some thought and even one, I don't know, maybe one primary driver. That's uh, I just, yeah, the more values there are, it can just be easy to lose yourself in, in the kind of, in the weeds and the details, but. I don't yeah, know. you know, and I, I fully agree with that. And I, you know, I love Brene Brown. Um, <laughs> And I, I, again, I think a lot of people don't even know what their values are. So even just initiating that conversation, just saying, what are your values? And here's what this means. It directs people back to themselves mm -hmm. for maybe the first time ever, mm -hmm. right? Especially mm -hmm. if they've been creative or, you know, chasing a dream for a long time, it might be the first time they've ever even been asked. We're so used to putting out, right? To producing yeah. things and to, you know, for me as a caregiver, providing care, 
um, that it's nice when someone turns it back and says, what about you? What's important mm-hmm. to you? What do you value? Mm-hmm. You know, what does your best life look like? Mm-hmm. And I think in this industry, it's even more important. Um, you know, the other thing, John, I wanted to touch on, is you said, you know, I'm not a mental health trained expert. And um, I appreciate you saying that. Um, but I just, I also want to touch on the fact that we have been conditioned to believe, and I think we might've talked about this in one of our earlier calls, that there's those of us with mental health issues and those of us without, mm-hmm. right? And the truth of the matter is we all have mental health, just mm-hmm. like we all have physical health. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, we focus far more on our physical health than our mental health. And I think if we, you know, we do things that give us physical wellness, we're, we're proactive, mm-hmm. you know, we, we go to the doctor, we take supplements, we work out, we drink water, we do all these things, but And while those contribute certainly to mental wellness, we don't kind of look at it the same. We look at it as like, do I have a problem or do I not? Whereas like, we don't look at people with asthma like that, right? It's like, oh, you have physical health and you have asthma. Like, oh, okay, well, you have anxiety. And all anxiety is, is a dysregulated nervous system, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And once you learn language and learn why, how you got there and, you know, what your personality is and how to regulate that, it's pretty treatable. Yeah. Livable, curable. Yeah. <laughs> becomes non-existent sometimes in the best case scenario, but I just don't think we have enough language is what I'm trying to say. And so I think it's beautiful when people who are not trained as mental health experts who are doing that kind of work and helping other people find language because it normalizes this idea of wellness as opposed to trying to avoid having an illness. Mm-hmm. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. I just think I think it's so important. I think we can change the narrative. Yeah, and I think we can all help each other in in so many ways. Like we don't have to be experts to ask one another how are you doing and to listen to someone's story. Like that's Amen. just very basic human behavior that I think we've lost because of I mean our industry doesn't help, but our the times that we live in obviously with phones and computers, it's the ability to just be present and hold space for people. I mean, that is healing in, to me in a nutshell. It's just being there to listen. And I don't know. I, that's, that's, that's the best form of therapy. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Me. It's connection. Yeah. Right? It's as yeah. I see you. And I think that's a common shared human desire is to be seen, to be able to show up as we are. Mm -hmm. Right. And just be seen and not have to shape shift, not have to change, not have to put on the shiny face and not have to match our Instagram (laughs) reel, you know, and just be like, this is really me. Um, And I think it's a gift when we have those safe spaces to show up. And it just it seems to me that's what you're building in your filmmakers community. And I just I really appreciate that. Um, You know, one of the reasons I think wellness in the industry is so important is because there are so many unrealistic expectations. Yeah. You know, and yeah. I have, you know, I have a teenager and so I'm watching, you know, and with social media and everything, just watching this narrative and this fallacy that if you're famous and if you're successful, you'll be happy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I have fallen for it. Most of my clients have fallen for it. And we end up in this um, state of underwhelm, if you will, yeah. like, okay, I got the award. I got the gig. I was on the stage. I, I did the thing. I got the job but I, I'm the same person. I still feel the way I feel. Mm-hmm. 
And so these empty promises, I think bringing wellness to the industry is so important, um, you know, and having communities like yours is what's what it's going to take because, again, people don't have values. They don't know how to stand up and say no. They don't know how to mm. say, I'm not doing that. And mm-hmm, they don't know mm-hmm. that they even have a right to do that. And, you know, we could get into whole legal stuff and whatnot, but I think the basic human wellness of having a foundation of knowing who I am and who I want to be and what my values are, where I'm willing to bend, what line I'm not willing to cross for anybody. Um, I just think it's powerful when we can give people that permission and then also to check in on each other. Like you said, to build a community that says, I care how you're doing, but before this deadline, Mm -hmm. that's Mm -hmm. so powerful. And there's so few people doing it. I, I think it's hard too. It's it's like a daily challenge to um, cultivate that type of awareness and behavior just because of the pool of so many things. Like I can see why so many people aren't well. You know, it's 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 incredibly hard work. And I mean, I was also very privileged to have the time to step away from my work and do some really deep groundwork to uh, know myself. And that's something I've been coming to awareness of recently is just privilege. And, uh, not everybody has that luxury. I mean, therapy costs money, coaching costs money. These are all things that I could just pay for and do. And so I'm, I'm like in this space now of wellness and trying to be mindful of, uh, some of the things I say or the ways I act. And cause yeah, it's, it's a, it's a pretty amazing thing that uh, that I've had those experiences. I mean, there's other ways to heal, of course, like on your own, you know, if you have if you really into reading books, etc. But I do believe like having professional support is uh, incredibly helpful. But again, not everybody can afford it. So Sure. Yeah. Well, you know, when you when you talk, though, like, I just I don't want to minimize the power that you have in creating the community that you have, because, you know, for me, a lot of times, especially when I work with like executives, but even, you know, even entertainers and artists, it's like, it's like working with someone then knowing that I'm sending them back out into a battlefield. Like, yeah. Like I have respect or I understand the rest of the world doesn't work like this, but I really think if we can do this one person at a time, people like you building communities, like if let's just say there was somebody within your community that was an employee of yours, you know, Mm -hmm. I don't know how that works in your structure, but like, I would feel comfortable sending them back, right? Like Mm -hmm. you have a superior, you have a support system, you have, you know, a creator, you know, a cinematographer, Mm -hmm. a director who values you. And let me tell Mm -hmm. you, that's a game changer because so Mm -hmm. often it's like helping people find themselves in an industry, in a situation, in a corporation where I might be the only one who cares about their wellness at that point. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so it is tricky. And so again, I just really am so inspired by the fact that you're building a community and it's just much needed and it's valuable and it matters and it makes a difference. You know, I, I say, if we can bring mental wellness to the industry, we can bring mental wellness to the world. Hmm. I like that. I like that. I think I'd have to agree. Yeah. So can I ask, like, what are two or three things that you do on a regular basis that helps you keep your mental wellness in a good state? Yeah. So 
every morning and every evening, I've been doing the same routine now for about, I don't know, five years or so, but I, I consider this my life bumpers. That's how I've defined it for myself. <laughs> and uh, so I start with meditation in the mornings. I'll do anywhere from 15 to 30 minutes of meditation. And, uh, and then I journal and my journaling is a mixture of like prayer and writing. And I'm always writing to God. That's just how my journal prompts are. And it always starts with gratitude. And gratitude has been something that has, I've been feeling the fruits of actually, uh, within the last like, four months, it's I've been practicing it for like five years in journals. But for the longest time, I'm like, is this actually doing anything? Like, I don't really know. Like, I know it feels good sometimes. So I just kind of kept doing it. But um, recently, that's been paying off in really big ways, uh, the gratitude journaling. And, um, and then after that, I recently just started actually within the last few months, a journaling prompt in the mornings where I write one thing that I can do in the day that will make me feel healthy, one thing that will make me feel connected, and one thing that will make me feel purposeful. And that's been a really, uh, I could go on and on about that, because that's been really cool. Uh, <laughs> so there's the, the morning routine, the evening routine. I've also been going to the gym for I don't know how many years now. It's a very light workout. I mean, I'm in and out within an hour, and I don't barely even break a sweat. And um, that's something I like to do before 9 a.m. And I don't check my phone. I sleep with my phone off, too. So, like, I don't check my phone until I'm done, usually three hours in the morning of whatever I'm doing. That's another thing that I've that's been helpful. And then um, I'm also a Christian, so I go to church on Sundays. I take off Sundays. I take off most of Saturdays and I take off Thursdays. So. I'm like very much about, uh, of course, when I have shoots, you know, everything changes, <laughs> but, but as far as the routine, the things that are always in place are the routines. Like those things very rarely, rarely get yeah. bumped, but, uh, and there's I'm all sorts of little things. That because I think somebody <laughs> listening might be like, well, how is he doing this? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Good clarification. But, but no, I do like all the, these are all things that are like, um, what's it called that have been like battle tested over the last like five years that um yeah. that i'm i could realize that i can afford to do them and it's important so i just do it so and do you try to maintain some of those like if you're on a shoot right and it's hair on fire for weeks or months like do you try to incorporate as many of those still as you can knowing i don't know how you feel but sometimes i'm like it doesn't have to be perfect yeah, you know, yeah. it's just like I keep a list. I call it the damn thing, and yeah. it's just like just do the damn thing, like your life bumpers, right? Like I feel my yeah. best when I do these things, whether I like it or not. Yeah, and I don't always hit them. I rarely hit all of them every day, but yeah. it's that focus it, because it's like you matter, right? And looking in the mirror, like you matter. Yeah, and it's like the more I hit, the better day I have. And it, yeah, you know, there was a time in my life, you know, where that would have felt like I don't have time for that. That's a burden. Mm -hmm. It's too cumbersome. It takes too long. I got to get to work. But that was, you know, that was a whole nother, you know, episode of not understanding, you know, a whole nother, not episode, but like life season of not really being self-attuned, right? right? Just thinking that what many of us wrestle with, right? My worth comes from my work. 
Yeah. Yeah. There, uh, there definitely was a time where I would not, if I was on shoots, I would not prioritize the routines as much. And, you know, I would go out and stay out late for dinner and all that stuff. But, uh, more within the last couple of years, I've actually realized that the more stressed out I am and the more stuff I have to do, the more I actually need to emphasize those routines. So it seems, and it's been a hard boundary to put up, especially when, you know, you've done a, a long day and everybody wants to go out for drinks and dinner and you're just like, oh no, I'm just going to go back to my hotel room. But like, I've actually learned that people are, respect me more because of that. And at first I was really scared about it. But at this point, I'm like, I can't be in this industry if I'm not taking care of myself. I just can't. And Amen. so there's things you that I that from the do. mountaintops. <laughs> I mean, it's it's just true for me. Like I I can't shoot. I can't. This industry is so hard. Like, and all the responsibility that we have on ourselves, on our scouts, to make sure everything's right, and then on the shoot days, it's yeah. it's such a burden. And I need every ounce of my mind and my spirit to be there in those moments. Because if you mess up and like if you if you don't come in prepared and if you're not having a good day, like safety, money, all these things are real consequences. Yeah. And I also just know, like having had a production company myself for eight years, it's so expensive production. The cost is so expensive and every little mistake or if you're lacking clarity, you're going to not be making the best decisions you can. And everything really matters. So I just, I really respect the process of film production and I think it demands our best selves. And uh, that's just how I think. That's just how I feel about it. Yeah. So. Well, and I just hope that we can help more people feel that way about it. It's easy to be like very passive about it, you know, and just think like, oh, this is just a Cheerios commercial. It doesn't matter, you know, think you're always better than everything you're working on. But I experienced that way of thinking for a big part of my life and it, it didn't end well for me. Yeah. So I think there's a much better mindset of gratitude to bring towards whatever. And we're getting paid a ridiculous amount of money to do this job. And it's like, good Lord, I mean... So that's that's the gratitude that I've been tapping into now that I'm working a lot more in film this year is just like not trying to be who I used to be as far as like thinking I'm always better than every job that I'm on. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I believe that the most. Well, the people who are the most unaware, you know, the people who lack self-awareness are the ones who cause the most harm. Mm. And, you know, to the contrary, people who are self-aware doing their inner work focusing on themselves, it's not selfish. It actually makes it better for the rest of us. Cause mm -hmm. you know, people who are self-aware, they care about other people. <laughs> mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. you know, you're an example of that and they just help the rest of us do better and take care of ourselves even when we don't understand. And it might be five years later. Somebody's like, I don't know what that guy was doing, but now I get it. <laughs> we might just be planting seeds for some and that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I yeah. agree. I agree. Yeah, but I think that the universal message that you and I are talking about is the mental and physical wellness is so incredibly important in order to be truly successful in this industry. You know, I don't even like the word entertainment industry anymore. I'm just like, can we just call mm -hmm. it the creative industry? Yeah, like, yeah. 
I don't know. There's something about entertainment. I feel like, I don't know. It doesn't match what's really happening. Um, <laughs> it's so powerful and it's so spiritual and it's so personal. Mm-hmm. It's not just entertainment. Right. But, yeah. um, you know, I just think it's important, like you said, to make it in this industry and to really appreciate the success that you do have. Yeah. You need to be well. Otherwise, you do keep moving that goalpost. You do lose your gratitude. You do start to get a little too big for your britches. You think you're better than, you know, than the job you're on. And um, and I so get it. And I think when you practice that self-care and that wellness, you can actually enjoy those checks when they come in. You can enjoy yeah. the collaboration, the coffee around yeah. the table and be like, we did this. Yeah. It's just a better experience for everybody. It really, it just makes it fun and enjoyable to show up on whatever the shoot is for whatever brand or whatever and just enjoy it and play and not be so tied to that project or that product. It's it's like a fun collaboration. Sure, there's challenges with like agency and client that, but it's not that that's not fun. It's just that's the reality. Like that's the business we're in. And yeah. I think a lot of times, like, you know, starting out in the business, it's everything is just so personal and it's hard to get that perspective. So, again, like grateful for the the humiliation that I experienced from my depression, which is kind of seeing things a bit more clearly now, I think, which is good. Yeah. Well, if, if anyone were listening and they were feeling like they're maybe they're struggling to even think that they're worth this kind of level of self-care or they don't know where to start or they think, you know, I don't have time for that. Like, what would be one small tangible thing that you would tell somebody like, just start here? Like for me, I would say like, just start by hydrating. Let's just start there. Just yeah. imagine your body being hydrated and it can be so small. I think we think it has to be this big grandiose thing. Like what would be one small thing you would offer? And I know how hard it can be when you're in the grips of anxiety and depression to do anything, you know, even take one breath, like one conscious breath can be too much. But I think that probably is where I would suggest starting because you can do it right in the moment where you are you don't have to go anywhere and just taking a really deep breath a really deep breath of gratitude if you're able to muster that which probably not when you're in the throes of depression but just a really deep breath and that would be my suggestion there's a lot of other things that are a bit bigger than that like walking around the block or things of that nature but i found through breathing myself um, getting in tune with my breath, like that has been such a pathway to so many incredible things that, uh, but that's a great question. I, I haven't really thought of that specifically before. Yeah. And when you say yeah. breath, what the visual that comes to mind for me is like putting your hands on your chest and closing your eyes and just breathing and just saying, I matter. Yeah. And sometimes that will bring you to your knees. Because you mm-hmm. don't feel like it when you're depressed and anxious. And so sometimes we do have to go through the motions first and yeah. let the feelings catch up. Yeah. Definitely. I think that's it's a great. A, yeah. It's a cool feeling. It's definitely a cool feeling to be like, whoa, you know, like I'm alive and I'm breathing and like life may be flashing by at a million miles an hour, but like this is where I am and it all kind of starts 
right here. That that can be a really, um, I don't know what the right word is, but just a. It's the a work of a warrior. Feeling. Yes, there you go. That's it. It is. That's the, the life is flashing by, and I can just start right here with me like that. That is the work of a warrior. You know, we've been taught that a warrior has to sacrifice themselves to take care of everybody else. And we do. And I think as highly driven people, creatives, entrepreneurs, et cetera, that is so dangerous, Mm. right? Because as you know, you, you sacrifice your money, you sacrifice your relationships, your family, your time, your everything, your wellness, your mental health. But when, you know, so for the point of the work of warriors for me is a warrior is actually somebody who takes care of themselves first so Mm -hmm. that they can help take care of the rest of us. And then if we're all doing that, we just take better care of each other. Yeah. Again, everybody wins. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. John, thank you so much. I'm so honored to just to be doing this work with you and to collaborate and that, you know, to know that we share values and. I just really appreciate and inspired by the work that you're doing. So thank you. And thank you for being part of the work of warriors. Yeah. Thank you, Kim. This was great.